Good morning, St. James, and uh, happy Feast of St. Stephen. Uh, Boxing Day for the rest of the world, uh, but today is the day that we remember uh, the first martyr, uh, St. Stephen, and, uh, and his death at the hands of Saul and those who were persecuting the early Christians. And um, I have to be honest, it's not a festival that ever celebrated in my house. I was very disappointed by that. We sang about it every year in Good King Wenceslas, last looked out on the Feast of Stephen. That was it. Very disappointing. But life goes on. Uh, I hope you had a lovely Christmas day. Uh, and uh, I'm so glad you're able to join us this morning uh, for this online service. We're going to begin by looking at our Bible readings for today. Uh, and our first reading is from uh, St Paul's letter to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 verses 16 to 20. I'm reading them here from the New Living Translation. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 12, verses 17 to 22, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death, a father will betray his own child, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed, and all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to reflect on God's word today, let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your holy word. And we ask that you would fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that we might be guided into your truth and love you better. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, Always interesting to talk about uh, martyrdom and death uh, at the Christmas season. And uh, obviously our readings do reflect what happened to St. Stephen. But I was struck by the Gospel reading. Jesus speaks to his followers saying, A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents. And I thought, is that why these are the Boxing Day, re- the Boxing Day readings? This is Jesus going... The day after Christmas Day, everyone's had too much to eat, not enough sleep. 
The children are overexcited with too many new toys to play with. Of course there are going to be fights. And no, clearly, of course, that's not what Jesus was thinking about. Uh, but it is fascinating that we have in the Bible this prediction from Jesus and the story of how it actually happened. So what Jesus is talking about of the fact that people will, his followers will be handed over to the courts. They'll be flogged with whips. They'll be, sta they'll be standing trial. And when they do, the Holy Spirit will speak through them. We see that in Acts. We see this in the life of Stephen, that Stephen um, was one of the deacons. He was appointed uh, to wait on tables, uh, as the apostles put it, to, to help distribute uh, the daily uh, charity, effectively, to the widows and orphans, those who received support from the wider church. Uh, and obviously he did that, but that clearly wasn't all that he did, because we see him soon uh, basically speaking the gospel, going to the synagogue and saying to everyone, this is who Jesus is. Jesus is the fulfilment of all those Old Testament prophets uh, that we read about in our carol services. Uh, and they are they are offended. They, they cannot refute his logic. They cannot debate with him and win. And so they make false accusations against him. They drag him into court. And rather than protesting his innocence, Stephen gives this fantastic account of the gospel, of what God has done in uh, coming to earth in Jesus, living amongst us and then dying for us and then rising to new life because God is stronger than death. And they won't hear it. And they stone Stephen to death. And as they are stoning him to death, he sees heaven open and he sees Jesus at the Father's right hand. And he knows that he is going to be with Jesus. And they can't, they can't hurt him. He is filled with joy because he sees it's true. He sees where he's going to be. And I, I love that. It's awful to hear about the, the aggression and the hatred that's poured out against him. But his faith and the way that he doesn't care what happens to his earthly body because he sees the truth of, of what is happening in the spiritual world. He sees that he will be with Jesus. He sees the life that is in him, which is eternal, going to be with God. And so he can lay down his life. It doesn't matter. Now, in our readings today, you have uh, Paul arguing again with those who are struggling with what it means to be a Christian when you've formerly been Jewish. So uh, the people he's writing to in Galatia, they weren't Jews. They came to faith completely independent of the Jewish law, of the Jewish way of life, of circumcision, of uh, kosher eating. But after Paul had planted the church and moved on, some Jews had come from Jerusalem and said to them, if you believe in the Messiah, that's fantastic, but you need to follow the law. You need to be keeping all the Jewish commandments because Jesus is a Jewish Messiah. And so you can't follow him without also being Jewish, which means circumcision, which means following the Jewish calendar. It means eating, uh, the, following the Jewish dietary laws. 
Um, and Paul hears of this and he he writes to them in bits, saying, how, how can you be doing this? And he uses quite graphic language in those in that letter uh, about how how much how angry he is with those who've led them down this path. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. The, the, the way of life that was trying to keep the rules, was trying to follow God by my own strength. It, that's given up. It's been put to death. It has died as Jesus died on the cross. And as a result, it's no longer me who's alive, but Christ is alive in me. I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God. It's Paul is talking about just that they've received something so amazing, so fantastic, and yet they're trying to go backwards. They've received freedom from trying to earn their own salvation. And rather than rejoicing in it, they're giving themselves rules to follow. They're giving themselves um, oh, things that they can uh, pass or fail thinking that that makes them more holy, that makes them more right with God. And Paul's going, no, as soon as you take those things on, you're not right with God because you're saying, I'm right because I do the right things. No, you, you, can't, you can't go back to the old system. You are alive or you are dead. And so uh, his, his frustration, which comes through this, is, is so, it's so huge. And I was thinking that, you know, we often talk about the image of the butterfly and the, the butterfly struggles out of the cocoon and then the new life is beautiful. Um, and that's great. But my, my tutor used to say to me, or say to all of us in our class, it's only a picture. Don't push it too far. Because if you have this idea of the struggling butterfly, that's, that's true, but it, it's got to be true for all of our lives. Sometimes we think of the strugglers being coming to faith. And then we are we are beautiful butterflies and we sit around admiring each other and saying, aren't we beautiful? God is in us. We are in God. Fantastic. And actually reading these readings, I'm thinking more about hermit crabs. Now, I don't know how much you know about hermit crabs. I confess I don't know that much. I just know that the hermit crab doesn't form a shell itself. The hermit crab, as it grows, finds discarded shells from other crustaceans and it hides inside and it carries them with him with him her them it um, and as the hermit crab grows it becomes too big for a shell and so therefore it leaves it and it scuttles away really quickly because it's feeling very vulnerable finds a bigger shell and goes in and carries that bigger shell around with it so the hermit crab will have a number of different shells uh, as it grows and becomes bigger and there is something about the life of God, the Holy Spirit coming to live in us uh, as Christians. And when we die, our old body gets discarded because then our spiritual bodies get to live with God. Now, heaven and air, Revelation talks about us being given uh, new bodies. I, I don't know what heaven's going to look like. Uh, Bible talks about a new heaven, a new earth, and uh, 
Jesus coming to this earth. But we know from uh, the resurrection that Jesus' new body after he was uh, resurrected was different. It was the same. He could still eat fish. He could still be touched. But it was different in that suddenly he could just vanish. He could appear in a room that was locked. He could, it was different rules seemed to apply post-resurrection. So for us, we're in these bodies that hurt. We're in these bodies that struggle. We're in these bodies that cause us so much grief. But they're temporary. Because actually, as Paul says, our old selves have been crucified with Christ. So therefore, we're not alive. It's Christ's life that is in us. And it's Christ's life that is growing in us. Now, one day, our bodies won't be able to hold it anymore and they will they will die. But the bit of us, our spirit, which is in Christ, which is uh, connected to God through his Holy Spirit living in us, that will continue to live. That will live eternally while our earthly body just will get thrown away. And it struck me that you have that image of that, uh, the hermit crab, that that life of God in us will leave our earthly shell behind and go find something else. But I think it works more than that. I think you could say that sometimes uh, within the, the Christian life, we have ideas and concepts of God that are too small. And as the life of God grows in us, they crack, they become uncomfortable, and we have to find a new picture of God, a new idea of God to hold that life. So what's happening in Galatians is, is an example of that. You have people saying, uh, we know how God is, uh, and how God is is this uh, transactional relationship that he had with Moses and with the Israelites in the desert, that you uh, get circumcised on the eighth day, you follow these laws, you eat these foods, and then you are in right relationship with God. And even though Jesus has come and done something far greater, made a single sacrifice which stands for all time, people are still in that old shell. The new life of God is growing in them, and it's being restricted by the shell that goes, no, no, no it's about what we eat. It's about what we do. It's about keeping the law. And the Spirit of God is straining against that in them. And Paul is going, it doesn't work. Let it go. You can't keep the law. You can't make yourselves right with God. Give it up. Now, as I think back over my too many years um, of following Jesus, not that following Jesus is a bad thing, just that I'm old, and there are a number of times when I've had ideas about God that I now see limited my experience of him. It limited my life. I, would, I saw God as being someone who was, first and foremost, worried about my behaviour, worried about whether I did the right things and stopped doing the wrong things. And that wasn't worried about my heart. <laughs> And actually, I grew in understanding God as being a God of love, a God of relationship, a God who had freed me from sin so that I could worship him. And worship is, is being in right relationship with God. It's, 
is being free to say, oh, Father, you are good. Whereas I had been saying, oh, Lord, I am so bad. Christmas is a time where we remember Jesus as Emmanuel, as God with us. But actually, in our readings, Paul is saying to us, so yes, he is God with us, Emmanuel, but Christ now lives in us. We, are, we have moved from God with us to Christ in us. God's life is in us. And God is so kind. When we have a rigid view of what God is like and how life is, he will not grow past that. He lets us keep uh, the shells that we we hold dear. But if we want God's life to grow in us, we have to allow those pictures of God, those ideas of how life has to always be, to stretch and sometimes to crack so that we can grow in how we understand who God is, so we can grow in experiencing the life of God, and so we can grow in sharing the life of God. I will be honest in saying that I used to struggle with evangelism because back when I was 16, 17, I didn't quite understand why it was good to be a Christian. The bulk of my experience of God was uh, feeling guilty, was feeling sorry that I wasn't good enough. And so why would I tell someone else that they too could feel guilty 90% of the time? But as my understanding of God expanded, as his life in me expanded, and I understood that I was free from guilt, free from sin, free to serve God, free to do, be involved with what he was doing and see him free other people from guilt and shame and sin. Oh, there's so much more life in that. That's so much more fun. I'm so much more uh, excited about telling other people that God's life is, is there for them that they can be forgiven, that they can be freed from sin, they can be freed from guilt, they can be part of what God is doing. That's a much more exciting story to tell. But that's needed me to let go of the pictures of God that I had, uh, I say stuck in my head, that, I, that were, I'd built up, that surrounded what the Holy Spirit was doing in my heart. So, just to encourage you today, just like Stephen, when the time comes for uh, our bodies to be laid aside, Christ lives in us. Our life in him is eternal and it will never, ever die. We have that promise just like Stephen did. And so although this life is struggle, this life is opposition, this life is persecution, Jesus promise that uh, the spirit of God will speak through you. And at the end, everyone who endures to the end will be saved. That's still good. That still holds true. And so I'd encourage you to receive that, to rejoice in it, to know that 
however sore you are today, however much of a struggle life feels, it's temporary. But God's life in you, God's spirit in you is forever. And then secondly, I just encourage you to think about what what the life of God in you is doing. What is the Holy Spirit wanting to show you this Christmas? What parts of our view of the world, what parts of our ways of uh, living, our ways of being, our ways of interacting with God, with other people, which bits of those are holding God back, are restricting the life of God as it grows inside our hearts? Pay attention to what's uncomfortable. Pay attention to what feels awkward. And maybe God's spirit is looking to grow in you in a new way. We're coming to a new year, to a new time. There is so much new life going to come in 2022. But we need to be ready for it. We need to be open to it. And that might mean letting go of some of our habits, our assumptions, our preconceptions. Because God is with us and Christ is in us. And as he grows in us, that that will make things change. So, as we come to the end of uh, our time looking at God's word, uh, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray that uh, you know the Holy Spirit inside you uh, and that in the coming weeks you see what God is doing in you. You see where God is leading you, what he wants to do. Uh, please take a moment uh, and just close your eyes and welcome the Holy Spirit as he touches you and shows you where he is growing. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus, would you fill us all again? Lord, we lift to you the problems with our earthly shelf our physical pains, our earthly struggles, whether they're relationships or habits or the, the things that weigh us down, Lord, you know them and you still love us and you are still in us. We give you permission now to continue growing in us. And we ask that you show us where our ideas of you are too small. Show us where our, our daily routines do not give you enough space. Lord, would you grow in us until we have more than enough of you to share with those around us. 
fill us with your life. Shine your light in us. Shine your light through us. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. It is such a privilege being able to, to pray with you even when we can't meet up. And I would just encourage you that uh, each day through this coming week, God is so ready to come and be with you. In the midst of uh, everything that needs to be done, tidied, sorted, organised, I just encourage you, take five minutes just five and if it expands that's fine but five minutes to sit to be quiet and to say Lord Jesus fill me again with your life and then just sit and receive it know him with you know that he loves you and then get on with your day but as we let God in, oh, he's got so much that he wants to share with us, that he wants to show us, that he wants to bless us with. But in the meantime, uh, stay safe and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at St. James next Sunday. Uh, God be with you.